Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. We're talking today about leading during challenging times, um, and my hope today is to do more than just inform you or inspire you. My desire is really to empower you to walk out of here, not just more equipped as a leader, but more maximized in who you are. Uh, She mentioned that my mantra is enforcing purpose, maximizing you, maximizing what you do, and maximizing cultures around you. I believe 100% that the key to bringing the maximum out of your organization, the key to having the maximum influence in your culture comes down to the individual. It comes down, it comes down to who you are not just in the workplace but who you are when you're at home and nobody's looking who you are inside your own mind and who you are inside your own heart I'm honored to be able to do business coaching life coaching spiritual coaching marriage coaching you name it it all comes down to the same thing and that is who am I here and here when nobody else is looking so I really want you to walk away from here feeling not just inspired right like you can get on Google and Google something and get inspired you can get on Google and get informed what I want is for you to really be empowered I want you to feel challenged but I also want you to walk out with some practical tools to really take yourself to the next level of who you are called to be. 2020, the, uh, it, it, we've learned from statistically that women took the hardest hit during 2020. We're talking about leading during challenging times. In 2020, uh, we know that the pandemic came and it caused this huge disruption in our lives, but there were some things as women that did not stop, right? Many of us in the room are not just women in the workforce, but we are also moms, we are wives, we are sisters, we are aunts, and those things didn't stop. In fact, those things got piled on top of everything we already do to get out of the door on time. Can I get an amen? Now, here's the deal. I have six children, right? Now, most people always ask, did they come from your body? They did come from my body. The second question people ask me is, do you know what causes that? We do know what causes that. We did plan all six of them. We have three boys, three girls. We did not plan that, but I would like to say that the Lord gave us the perfect balance, and so we're blessed with that. And so, with six children we still have two at home I also have my mom at home uh, who lives with us now none of those things stopped during the pandemic all of a sudden we overnight were instantly forced to make necessary changes in our lives we were all of a sudden forced to take on all these additional responsibilities during the challenging time of the pandemic Now, I'm going to talk a lot about the strengths of women, and hear me now when I say to you, this is not about calling men out, okay? It's about calling the women in the room up. So when I'm talking about the strength of a woman, possibly giving it in a comparison to a male, we're not doing that to bash men, because we love men. Guys, we love you. Everybody look. (laughs) See? We love you. But the reality is there are some differences, and just like men have strengths, women have strengths. And if you walk away from with nothing today, hear me saying this, that women are created to be leaders and we're created to do it with femininity. And we don't have to look like a man when we're a leader. We get to look like us and we're going to be calling out some of the strengths specifically that women have, but that's not to call men out. So don't go home and, and start talking to your husband and all these statistics about how great you are. Okay. So 
Some statistics from 2020. Between February and April of 2020, female unemployment increased 12.8%, while male, male unemployment increased by 9%. Approximately 865,000 women voluntarily, voluntarily were forced. I, I don't understand that, you, you work out that, uh, that verbiage, but voluntarily were forced to drop out of the workforce. That is four times the number of men. Now I'm just giving you some statistics. According to the National Bureau of Economic uh, Research, the pandemic has ravished in-person service jobs, such as restaurants, hotels, Pilates studios, retail outlets, and so on, which are disproportionately done by women. Men are more likely to work remotely while women, especially in caregiving and teaching jobs, are unable to do their jobs from home. Therefore, they were forced to leave the workplace. In addition, the closure of schools and, care and child care facilities made it nearly impossible for women to continue working. These are just some of the staggering realities of COVID, but these are not just staggering realities of COVID. Let's be honest, these are staggering realities that we've dealt with long before COVID ever came into the picture. Now, at Crazy 8 Ministries, we are, are attacking poverty one person at a time, and so we like to take a look at the poverty barriers. And the number two, two top two barriers that we're dealing with, other than mental and emotional spiritual instability, is lack of affordable and accessible childcare, lack of affordable and accessible transportation, but also lack of employability because of those first two. So we have women that we're dealing with on a regular basis who want to work in the work field, but because of the inability to get childcare, because of the inability to hold down transportation, that doesn't make them in, unable to be employed, it makes them unemployable. Meaning I can get a job, I just have a hard time keeping a job. I would like to propose to you that that wasn't a new thing in COVID. All it did was kind of expose the issue. And this is a reality that we face as women. But here is the good news. Despite the challenges, this, is, this is, was shocking to me. Despite the challenges of 2020 and the realities and the statistics, despite the challenges, studies show that women in leadership actually soared during 2020. According to Harvard Business Review, an article that they did, uh, 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 an analysis that they did in December 30th, 2020, they did an analysis on leadership competencies for the year. And women actually outscored men 19 to 20, meaning in 20 different competency categories, the women were favored as more, uh, more effective as leaders than men were. Some of these competencies that were listed like taking initiative, learning agility, building relationships, developing people, champion change, champion change uh, motivating, inspiring, the ability to shift. And these are the things statistically they're showing that women were more effective in being able to do. And so today I want us to talk about why this is the case. Why is it that women were able to soar during the most difficult time that we, we have, as of yet, are saying is possibly one of our most difficult times in history? Why is it? What is it the strength that women have? What is it that we possess that is not better, but just different than men? 
I want us to take a look at you. Look, I could sit here, when I was taking a look at all the different competencies and all the different directions we could go in, like I was like, I want to speak on being bold and courageous in the workplace. No, that's not it, right? I want to speak on uh, what it means to build a team, a healthy team. I've done all of those things. I want to speak on what it means to set a good goal, how to, how to make that, see that goal come to pass. That's not in either, because what I really want to do is I want to speak to you as the individual. So all the things, all the components, every character trait that I could research, that I could come up with in regard to leadership, kind of came back to two things. And these are the two things, and this is what we're going to focus on today. We're going to talk about self-awareness, and we're going to talk about cultivating a sense of belonging. We're going to talk about those two main things. Because I want to maximize you, because the more we maximize you, the more what you do will become maximized, and the cultures around you will begin to soar. So we're going to really take a hard look at who we are and how can we maximize ourselves. So let's take a look at self-awareness. Now, self-awareness, statistically, is the number one predictor for overall success. It is the number one predictor for overall success. Now, let's take a look at that word success for a minute. Everybody likes to win. You might say, I'm not a very competitive person, and I don't care if I lose. You're a liar. We all know. We all love to, we always say that's men. Men love to win. But here's the, here's the thing. When we take a look at our original design, we are designed to win. We are designed. The Bible says we stand high upon the heights that we are a conqueror, more than a conqueror in Christ. And he set us up to prosper and he set us up to succeed. Therefore, whether you believe in God or you don't, you are designed to live life leaning forward, with a forward lean, with a passion to not just do life, but to conquer life. Every single one of us, that's men and women alike. So if I say self-awareness is the number one predictor for overall success, then I can connect those dots and say, if I don't feel like I'm winning, I have the power, I can own that and say, I'm going to back up and say, where am I at in my self-awareness? In who I am, what I'm thinking, what makes me tick, what ticks me off, discovering ourselves. Here's the key to counseling and coaching. It's all about asking really good questions to help somebody self-discover who they are, who they want to be, and where they want to go. That's it. It's just asking really good questions and teaching people, how do I self-discover in a moment? What am I thinking? Why am I thinking it? What would I rather be thinking? Come on. Who do I want to be right now? Not just who am I being, but who do I want to be? Some powerful questions that we need to learn to ask ourselves to really become self-aware and begin to start soaring in success. One of the things that I do as a leader a lot in uh, cra- at Crazy Eight Ministries and with my, my business with the LLC and a couple other businesses that we own is we always, when I feel like a staff member is having a difficult day, I will say to them, what needs to happen for today to be a win for you? And how can I come alongside you? Why? Because I know that's going to intrinsically stir something up inside of them because we're all created to win. It's a part of our design. And and so we need to back up and really ask ourselves, how self-aware are we in a moment? To be self-aware means to to have a conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. Being introspective. Now, let's be honest. 
Examining our own thoughts and our own feelings, sometimes for women, can also be a weakness. We're really good at hanging out in our feelings, right? Uh, we talk a lot about passing the teddy bear around. You know, this is my teddy bear of depression, and I want everybody at the table to pet it for me. <laughs> and, oh wait, they don't, they don't appreciate my teddy bear of depression, so I'm gonna come over here and I want you guys to pet my teddy bear. And we're really good, sometimes we're hyper aware, and I'm saying that to say, we know that if we discover our greatest strength, we're also gonna discover our greatest weakness. So to the same degree that self-awareness can be a great strength, the key is, can I navigate my, can I, am I capturing what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling for the purpose of navigating those thoughts and navigating those emotions? The opposite is, I'm completely navigated by my emotions. And what ends up happening is, I'm no longer doing life, but do, life is doing me. I'm not waking up every day saying, hello life, here I am to impact you. Instead of, oh my gosh, life is killing me, it's crushing me, and I'm being impacted by everything around me, and I don't feel like a winner. I'm getting my butt kicked. Did you know that the Bible says that you are the head and not the tail? That's exactly what it's talking about. Meaning you get to make intentional decisions. These guys are like, amen, oh, she gonna throw the Bible out? <laughs> I just like to slip it in whenever I can. <laughs> So we have leading during challenging times, 2020 is one of the times where emotions were high. Not just our emotions were high, but the emotions of our culture were high. The media, the, the emotions were high. People around us, if you're in leadership, you had the responsibility to not just manage your own emotions, but you had to manage the emotions of your team around you. And then you had to go home and manage the emotions of your husband. And you had to go home and manage the husband, the emotions of your children. And we had everybody. And if we are not at a place where I can step back and say, I need to really capture this moment, I need to slip into my superposition, which I'm going to explain to you in a moment. I need to slip into my superposition. I need to really take a moment to do some self-care, some self-awareness, recognize who I am, who do I want to be, and I'm going to step out of this closet, and I'm going to begin to walk as a winner in all the midst of these emotions. That's what that's talking about. I mentioned your superposition, your superposition brain function is the ability to slip into my prefrontal lobe even though everything else in my brain is hot right now, meaning I'm like, ah, right? I'm gonna capture that moment. I'm gonna capture that moment. I'm gonna step into my superposition, meaning I'm gonna step outside of my circumstance. I'm also gonna step outside of my emotions. I'm gonna step outside of my own opinion over my own thoughts. I'm gonna turn off Facebook. I'm gonna turn off Twitter. I'm gonna turn off Instagram. And I'm gonna step into my super position. Biblically, we would say I'm gonna position myself in the third heavens and get the perspective that I need right now. The perspective of I'm the authority right now. And I feel like I'm really getting my butt kicked. And so I need to step into my super position, regain some composure, get some good perspective, and come out of this place a winner with a decision that I am going to win. So we have to learn how to intentionally navigate these emotions. Now, under self-awareness, we hear a lot of the phrase emotional intelligence, right? Your EQ. Now, what is your EQ? 
It's the know-how to manage your feelings. I just said all this, right? It's the know-how to manage your feelings, your behaviors, your relationships, and your life in brilliant and healthy ways. That's what Webster says, in brilliant and healthy ways. Well, I want to manage my life in a brilliant and healthy way, whatever that means. But did you know that women bring higher emotional intelligence to the workplace? Meaning higher than men. Um, I was trying not to say it. We just bring the highest EQ uh, to the workplace. Research show that women score up to 10 to 15% higher than men in EQ. Emotional intelligence, the, the ability to manage your feelings. Now, listen, if I, don't, if I can't manage my feelings, that's not a high EQ. If I'm just like, I just know what I'm feeling all the time, and I'm wearing it on my sleeve, and everybody's petting my teddy bear, that's not what we're talking about. Because remember, it can also, because some of the men in the room are like, oh my God, they need to learn how to manage their emotions, right? <laughs> and if we're not, it's one thing to just, I'm not just saying it's because we're emotional. I'm saying we're able to manage our emotions. But the fact that we are emotional, if we can harness that and navigate that, then it becomes our greatest strength. Meaning, I don't have to be navigated by fear. I don't have to be navigated by my anger. I don't have to be offended. Come on, ladies. Let's grow up a little bit. Sorry, that's as rough as I'm going to get. Probably not. But let's grow up a little bit. Everything on Facebook and social media isn't about you. Okay? It's not all personal. It doesn't have to be personal. And even if it is personal on their end, it doesn't have to be personal on your end. So we get to just say, look, I'm going to grow up, I'm going to step out, I'm going to step back, I'm going to get into my superposition, and when I come out of this place, I'm going to be a what? I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to be a winner. Because I've become self-aware, and I have predicted my ability to be successful in this moment. Because self-awareness is the number one predictor for overall success. And so we're talking about emotional intelligence I didn't even finish the statistic. It said this, this makes sense because these skills are needed for caregiving, which continues to predominantly fall on women's shoulders. EQ has traditionally been undervalued in the workplace, but it's exactly what is needed during challenging times. For us to be in tune, not just with how we're feeling, because EQ is not just the ability to manage your own emotions and feelings, but it's also the awareness and the sensitivity to the emotions and the thoughts and the feelings of those around you. Okay, so now we're trying to manage all of this stuff. And if we don't learn how to manage it, we're overwhelmed by it. Because as women, we are very sensitive to the emotions of other people. Some people are impasse where they feel the emotions of other people. But if I stay, look at you can be a pet friend, meaning I'm going to jump in your pit with you and we're going to co-pit together. Or I can jump in your pit because I want to get you out of the pit. That's the difference. You understand sympathy is I walk by the pit and I kind of feel sorry for you, but I don't want to get involved. Empathy is I'm going to jump in your pit because I, I'm missing some drama in my life. And, and I, I feel lost without the drama. And so I, need, I'm, I can't create my own pit, so I'm going to jump in your pit with you. Come on. We're laughing because it's true. But compassion is I'm going to jump in the pit, but I got a ladder. And you and I are going to come out of this pit together. But if you decide to stay in the pit, I'm getting out. Good friend or not good friend, I'm not staying in your pit with you. Pack up your teddy bear and put it away, ladies. All right, let me give you a, emotional agility. EQ is, the, is, is very malleable. It's different than IQ, which is kind of a fixed 
thing, whereas EQ is very malleable, meaning we can train your brain. Okay, we talked about the brain health. I love brain health. It's, I geek out over that kind of stuff. But you can train your brain by repeatedly practicing new emotional intelligent behaviors. Let me say that again, because everybody's like, I'm just, that's just who I am. I'm just a type A. And so that becomes your excuse for uh, being a control freak. Or I'm just kind of a quiet, I'm just kind of a quiet, I'm, I'm a phlegmatic. And we throw out all these, we've become really good at knowing who we are. And instead of letting those personality uh, tests that we've done kind of help explain who we are, we've let them define who we are. And they've become our box instead of our helper. Okay, so I'm all about personality tests. I love them. But if you use a personality test to be your excuse to stay in a place of control and fear because you've been diagnosed as a type A, you're missing out on the beauty of the malleability of your brain and the, the opportunity and the authority that you have to retrain your brain. So you get to retrain your emotions. That's good news for people. That means if my mama had depression, my grandma had depression, I don't have to have depression. We're just going to keep it real in the room. If my mama had bipolar and my grandma had bipolar, I don't have to have bipolar. Even if my sisters have bipolar, I don't have to because I get to retrain the brain. And so it says here that you, as you train your brain by repeatedly practicing new emotional intelligent behaviors, you begin to build new pathways into new habits. Now, I would love, I would love, love, love to come back sometime and teach on habits and how habits are built, what's happening in the brain. How do you break a habit? How do you build a new habit? It's fascinating what's happening in the brain. But let it be said that you have the ability to take authority and say, I don't like that me. Like, I don't like who I am. I didn't like who I was in that conversation. I didn't like the way I felt in the middle of that conversation. That's that self-awareness piece. And I want to change who I am. And so I'm going to go back into that conversation, even in my own room. I get to sit down. We call this inner healing in the counseling room. I get to sit down, go back into a moment, replay it in my mind. And I'm already building healthier habits when I'm not even doing it in real life. I'm building a muscle memory according to who I want to be, who I get to be, who I should be, the real me. And I'm going to be that person when I get up out of that place. So when I come out of there, I come out and I'm a what? I'm a winner. I'm a winner. So we're talking about the ability to shift gears. Emotional agility is what I call it. There's a part of your brain in the center. It's, it's a mohawk. It's like a mohawk right here. It's called your anterior cingulate gyrus, and it's what we call your gear shifter. And so it's your ability to shift from one thing to the next. Now, as women, we can be cooking, answering the phone, and talking to our children at the same time, right? So as women, we're naturally geared to be doing multiple things at multiple times, and we can shift. But emotionally, a lot of times, we, don't ha we can't shift. That's why we talk about the same thing. And we get stuck. And we're just like, and I'm just like, oh my God, I've heard you like 17,000 times. Like, stop talking about it. Look at, look at the guys in here like, oh, preach, preach. Everybody look at Chuck and John. Because I know I like Chuck is back there going, yeah. Yeah, you need to probably sit on the other side of your husband so you can see the way he's responded to some of these things. <laughs> I'm just saying, he was kind of like going like this. His eyes were trying not to shift, looked at you, but I, can, I was seeing it. I was seeing it. I got you. I got you. So emotional agility is the ability to not just switch thoughts back and forth, but I can switch my emotion. 
Okay, so in that anterior cingulate gyrus, if we were to do a brain scan and you're like, which is where worry comes from, right? It's the, we're just meditating on a problem over and over and over and over again. Can't stop thinking, we can stop thinking, but we just don't. When people are like, I can't stop thinking about it, I'm always, you can't re won't. Let's, let's just make that decision, let's make that distinguish, let's be honest with ourselves. Because Kant says, this thought has authority over me, and I'm no longer a what? winner because I'm getting my butt kicked by a thought come on ladies we're bigger than that we're better than that so emotional agility is the ability to shift back and forth now let me give you a shameless plug shameless plug I have a YouTube channel I do lots of teaching and training on my YouTube channel I have an entire series called mental emotional health where I walk through how to capture a thought how to define the thought how to discover this the message behind the thought did you know every emotion and every thought has a message behind it so your emotion will actually lead you to a destiny if you let it okay but instead we just get stuck in it or we avoid it okay so we need to learn how to go through the emotion and get to the message Go on my YouTube channel, click subscribe, say all the things I'm supposed to say, but more than anything, get empowered by watching this. How do I capture a thought? How do I really begin to define not just who I want to be, but how do I define myself? If you're a reader, you can read my book, Enforcing You. I talk a lot about that as well in that, in, uh, that book. So women are used to wearing multiple hats. Hats. Women, uh, we have to balance several areas in our lives. We just discussed this. I want to talk about that word, the pivot, right? We talked about in 2020, the pivot, the ability to shift. Now, it says, think of a great basketball player. I didn't write this, by the way. These are not my words. Everything over here is my words. When I'm like this, it's not my words. Just your speaker tip. <sighs> Think of a great basketball player, a race car driver, or entrepreneurs, and you'll discover one common trait, the ability to pivot. That is the ability to be attentive enough, fast enough, with the ability to reevaluate a new approach when, fact, when the factors cause for a change or for a shift. So it's the ability to change strategies without changing the vision. Those are my words. The ability to change, I feel like mine's are, mine are better, aren't they? So it's like, what does that even mean? Like, how do I shift my car when I'm at work and somebody's ticking me off, I almost just cussed. And um, it's that salt water, fresh water thing, right? Um, so <laughs> when we, how can we change strategies without changing the vision? This sounds a lot like motherhood to me. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, why are we naturally, quote unquote, better at these things? In motherhood, like I have six children, and the way I'm going to my strategies with one of my children is completely different than the strategies with another child. Because I have the same vision, and my vision is get up and get out of my house. Um, no. My vision is really I want you to be successful, right? All the things I'm supposed to say, and not that. Um, but uh, the strategies by which we do that as women are very different. And so naturally, naturally, we have the ability to pivot if we really practice self-awareness. All right, so... Let me, um, we'll come back to, and we're going to do a self-discovery check in a minute. Let me go on to cultivating a sense of belonging. We are created for connection. We all are looking for a healthy relationship. Shameless plug, I've written a book on healthy relationships. Get a copy of the book. And so, uh, shameless plug, I, I talk about relationships a lot on, on my YouTube channel, on my podcast. Talk about these things all the time. But we are all created for connection. The number one need that every human has is to feel a sense of connection and a sense of belonging. So as women, we're very good at that because we have this natural, empathetic, motherly thing where we don't like people to be left out. 
Like we want everybody, we're very collaborative by nature versus cooperative. It's statistics show that women tend to be better at collaborations than men. Why? Because in collaboration, there's no competition. Cooperate means you do your thing over there, I'll do my over thing over here, and we'll cooperate together, but let's not cross paths. Collaborate is, I've got my part I play, you have your part, but we're weaving in and out. And we're collaborating. And women, that's very natural for women to do that. And so that's a part of cultivating that sense of belonging is, is that we are able to purpose people very, very well. A sense of belonging is crucial to our life satisfaction, happiness, mental and physical health, even longevity. Even long, what? You can add days to your life, ladies, by operating in a team and cultivating a sense of, and when you feel a sense of belonging. Belonging says, I accept you, and I want to connect with you. Belonging is the feeling of security and support when there is a sense of acceptance, inclusion, and identity for a member of a certain group. Belonging is the freedom. It's cultivating the freedom for people to be authentic. Now, we need some of that in our world. We need, I need to feel safe to be ugly. And I don't mean ugly physically. I'm talking about ugly emotionally, ugly mentally, sometimes ugly verbally, ugly verbally. We need to cultivate a feeling. If we can cultivate that, we're going to soar because during challenging times, people are already all over the map emotionally. And if they can't feel safe to be emotional in your presence, where are they going to go? This is, one of, this is crucial in building a team and in, leader, are in leadership. Are you able to cultivate a sense of belonging? Have you created an atmosphere where it says, I accept you and you belong here? You have an intentional purpose here. There is a place for you here. This is huge. An atmosphere where everybody feels purposed. As women, we're naturally good at this. Why? Because we don't have that competitive nature. But let me tell you what will interfere with that. Because if we back that up and we look at here and here, so I just gave you the statistics this way, right? But I want to maximize you. And I want to ask you this question. Do you feel a sense of belonging within your own self? Meaning I can look in a mirror and I can say, I accept you. I love you. I feel safe in my own skin. Come on, I want to be honest. Because some of us don't know who we are. Some of us are trying to still find our own purpose. Some of us don't know where we fit in. Some of us don't know where we belong. And no matter where we go, we can't seem to find it. And the problem probably isn't around you. It's probably within you. And then we blame everybody for kicking us out, not accepting us. I didn't feel like I fit in. I didn't feel accepted. And if that continuously happens to you over and over and over again, you might want to look in the mirror. And I'm not stay, saying that to call you out. I'm saying that to call you up. This is not about shaming you. This is about empowering you. This is about saying, look, a lot of times the things that we deal with this way Go back to who we are when I'm looking in the mirror. Are you able to look in the mirror and say, this is who you are? So I want to feel a sense of belonging within myself. I want to be able to look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what, Lisa? I like you. I accept you. 
and I want to be connected to you first and foremost. We hear all these uh, terminologies like separation anxiety, disassociative disorder, all the things that um, the DSM has diagnosed that really go back to our inability to really connect with ourselves. This goes back to the heart of self-awareness. Am I able to connect with what am I thinking? How am I feeling right now? Who have I been today? And if I could redo today, what moments would I redo? We have to be willing, really willing to self-examine ourselves and say, I, wanna, I, I believe tomorrow I can be an even better me. And I'm not talking about perfection because that does not exist, ladies. You're welcome for that. You can raise their ticket levels for $10 just for that tip, uh, their ticket prices. Uh, perfection does not exist. You know, Paul says in the Bible, not that I have already obtained perfection, but that I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Meaning, I'm not living for perfection. I'm living to simply get up and press on. I'm living for progress. I am a process. And I'm not expecting that today I'm gonna to be perfect, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna be self-aware enough to say, I do believe tomorrow I can be better. And really say, look, I want to cultivate a sense of belonging with people around me, but I have to start within my own skin. Because a lot of us just aren't even comfortable in our own. Had, am I speaking to anybody in this room? Like, they, look, there are several people in the back. They're like, nobody can see me. <laughs> Raising my hand back here. But I have had days, y'all. I for total total disclosure to everybody. And uh, but I for years I struggled with uh, clinical depression and panic anxiety attacks. Now you would never guess that now, and it was a battle to overcome that. But for years, I couldn't look in the mirror and say, I like you. Because I lived in this mentality of self-rejection. And therefore, the way I taught and trained, the way I trained my, or thought about myself, taught and trained people how to treat me. So I lived, right? So in my book, Enforcing You, I talk about how your core beliefs will predetermine how you perceive, what your perspective is, and ultimately the paradigm you walk in. And then you walk in this paradigm that confirms this core lie that says you're a loser. You're never going to be good enough. Nobody's ever going to love you. If you want, you need to be better. If you, if you were only perfect, if only you would, we've got to be able to discover that core lie, and you're going to find that by being honest with yourself, by looking in the mirror. And so a lot of times in an, an arena, what God has given us as a great strength, which is our ability to unite together, that together we are better as women. Often in our own insecurities and our inability to accept ourselves, we become either inferior or superior in, with women. We either, we struggle, come on, let's be honest. We struggle with either feeling super inferior or because of my inferiority, I have to act like I'm superior. And so we become crabs in a bucket. Women, we are beautiful beings. We are beautiful creatures. We're created to cultivate a sense of belonging, to create an atmosphere where people feel emotionally safe. But let me be honest and say we can be really ugly. We can be really mean. And we can act like we're sixth grade middle school mean girls. And really, we have to be honest with ourselves. Like, why do I even want to engage in any of those things? And the reason I do is because I haven't fixed what's within me. I need to be able to step back and say, look, who do, I, who do I see when I look in the mirror? Who am I? And who do I want to be? This is that cultivating sense of belonging in my own skin. Do I fit? Do I feel like I belong in my own skin? Do I know my path? Do you know your path? Are you confident in your path? 
Do you know where you're going? And if you don't, that's okay. I have a couple openings. I can life coach you, not a problem. But the point is, is we're in this discovery process. Don't act like you do when you don't. Let's all just take the mask off, please. Can we just take the mask off? Because to the same degree that you're able to be vulnerable with me, I can be vulnerable with you. So you give me permission in that moment to say, I want to be honest, I want to be real, and I want to feel like I have a seat at this table. Like not everybody's perfect. I want to be honest. I'm looking for that. You're looking for that. We're all looking for that. If you don't think you're looking for that, you're lying. You're lying not to me, you're lying to yourself. First and foremost. All right, so we're going to close with this. We're going to do a check. All right, we're going to do a self-discovery check-in. Are you ready? Are you guys ready? Okay, everybody close your eyes for a minute. I promise nobody's going to come hit you on the head. This is... <laughs> close your eyes for a minute. So I want you, in a moment, as quick as you can, I want you to, in your own mind, I want you to define what are you feeling. In one word. Okay, keeping your eyes shut, somebody yell out a word that you're feeling. Awesome. awesome, awesome. Okay, now, go beyond that emotion, what you're feeling, and ask yourself, what's the message that I'm hearing behind that emotion? Success. Good. What else? Inspiration. Inspiration. Worthy. Worthy. Good. Confident. confident. So we can say you're, the message is you are confident. The message is you are worthy. The message is you are successful. So we're going beyond just the emotion into the message. Now, for those of you, maybe you answered, maybe you didn't, but I really want you to kind of press into a moment and say, is this how I want to be feeling? And is this the message I want to believe? Okay, so we're taking it a step further. I'm teaching you how to really shift your thoughts right now. Maybe some of you didn't yell out because you're like, I'm feeling kind of insecure right now. I'm feeling frazzled. I'm feeling overwhelmed by life. And the message is, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, I'm, I'm being overtaken. And the shift, the pivot here is the ability to say, that's not how I want to believe and that's, that's not how I want to feel and that's not the message I want to believe. And you have the power to capture that in a moment. Okay, everybody open your eyes. Now I want you to know that I do that little exercise uh, with grade school kids or uh, middle school kids, high school kids. And when I'm doing that with, particularly with at-risk students, and I have them close their eyes and I say, I want you to think for a moment about what you're thinking and how you're feeling. They just stare at me. And they have no idea what they're thinking or what they're feeling because life has gotten so difficult. They have, their survival mechanism is to disconnect from how they feel. And that carries on into adulthood. I'm, I'm preaching a little bit to the choir in here. A lot of us are really successful leaders in the room. And we were able to very quickly identify what am I thinking and how am I feeling? But not everybody can do that. But in order to walk in success, the more you can, what I did just now was I had you step into your superposition. And the more you can practice that throughout the day, I would challenge you for the next week, set your alarm for three times a day and just say, I'm just gonna do that little exercise. What am I feeling right now? What is the message behind it? Is this how I wanna be feeling? Is this the message I want to believe? Just learning how to practice, that is that self-awareness and that is that um, mental agility in the power that you have to shift. I told you I wanted you guys to walk out of here with just more, more than information, but um, the ability to really change. The more you practice something, the more genuine, genuine it will be who you are on a daily basis. 
I want you to walk in self-awareness. I want you to walk totally feeling a sense of belonging within yourselves. I want you to be maximized, to live the fullness. I like to tell people, what is your God possibility? There's a t-shirt back there that says, what is your God possibility? It's one of my quotes. Consider what your love ability is. What is your forgive ability? What is your leadership ability? Because wherever you're at today, I guarantee you there's another notch. And I want you to maximize who you are, not just in challenging times, but in all times, so that you can maximize what you do and maximize cultures around you. And I'm gonna close with this, because this is what I say at the end of all my YouTubes. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.